welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. I am your host, Cody McBroom, the CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, a world-renowned online coaching company. This podcast is built to help you create a life by design. That's what the Tailored Life is. It's choosing to blaze your own path, make your own decisions, and create a life you desire. So in this podcast, you're going to learn ways to optimize your body, optimize your mind, optimize your relationships and optimize your business and career this is the podcast for personal development junkies and people who can't stop growing because they strive for more we are also going to bring on experts in every single field to teach you their own expertise so you're not only learning from me four days a week but I'm bringing other professionals in to teach you their principles too so if you love personal development and you constantly want to strive for more in life this is the podcast for you. Make sure you hit subscribe, send this to a friend that needs it, and keep listening to improve your life all around. And without any further ado, let's get into the Tailored Life Podcast. And we are back. We are live. Now the Q&A this week, we got a good amount of questions, guys. Um, how did the uh, overrated, underrated go? Amazing, dude. Yeah. Um, we got to do it again. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll post for it soon. People, for whatever reason, love it. It's a it's a trend right now, for sure. Um, and then we did it on uh, Brad Jensen's podcast he, when he interviewed me, um, which we'll probably air on our show too, coming up soon, um, because it was a it was just such a good podcast on just training stuff. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do that, I'm always like, "Hey, can I use this?" They say, "Yeah." I'm like, All right, "I'm gonna at least wait a f- couple weeks, few weeks before we air it on ours because I want to give you time to like." You know, get your listeners getting into it totally. before I steal your content. Kind yeah. Of. Um, but he said he was cool with it. But yeah, he he did it at the end too, and it was it was fun. I mean, you know, Brad, he just throws out random shit. Yeah. Like he was throwing out our friends' names, your name, <laughs> uh, <laughs> pickles. That was funny. Super overrated. Yeah. Because disgusting. But it was funny because he did that, and then the next day I was at Blue Max Meats. Oh, those huge pickles. They're so big. So yeah. like, <laughs> I was like zooming in on him like really slow <laughs> and <laughs> sent it to him. <laughs> And then uh, he said something back that was, like, Brad-like. And so I sent him one back of, like, me talking, but it was zooming in on my mouth. Yeah. And it got, like, disgustingly close. And I actually had some, like, food in my teeth. Mm-hmm. It was pretty fucking gross. But Dude, I'm, uh, I'm salivating. Yeah. Oh, nasty. I love pickles. Oh, bro. Oh, that makes me feel You know who loves pickles? Fucking Thomas. Oh, yeah. That guy's whole fridge is full of pickles. Yeah. Ever since we were kids. I can't stand... Pickles are a great diet food, though. Yeah? They are extreme... So a, a pickle is a cucumber. Thank you. Which was the next question he asked me. He's like, you don't like cucumbers? I was like, fucking hate cucumbers. What? Yeah. They don't taste anything alike. No. But I don't but like they're them. they're both phenomenal. I don't like them. I don't know why. Damn. Um, Isn't zucchini a... Zucchini is a, a type of squash. Oh, yep, yep, yep. So butternut winter and yep. then zucchini. But um, spaghetti squash. I love zucchini. I, I don't even think that there's another vegetable I don't like, which is... Really wild because love broccoli. cucumbers love broccoli. <laughs> I know you smelled that when you came in. <laughs> I always wonder. Um, but uh, cucumber is, is basically just fucking water. Like there's not much substance to it and even from a vitamin mineral. So it's really not amazingly like, good for you, but it's definitely not bad for you, right? And it's a good diet food because you can eat a lot of it for like barely any calories. But I don't know why, dude. I think you, I think I you only it. have bad things to say about it because you don't like them. I mean, there's, there's nothing special about them. I guess. That's not a bad thing. It tastes I mean? good. You know, like romaine lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing special about it. No. Nope. It's good. I like it. I love yeah. salads. And it's cool because you can have a huge salad with a lot of lettuce and it's barely any calories, but it fills you up. So cucumbers are actually great. Pickles are that and salty, which that's a lot of people crave salt when they mm-hmm. diet too. So that's a good way. You know, I know a lot of people who are on a diet and they'll fucking eat, eat a lot of pickles. Wow. I've had a client that her weight shot up like crazy. And I remember uh, being like, hey, like, did you eat anything different? Was it like, did you get low sleep, high stress? Like, why do we see this huge fluctuation? And she's like, actually, no. Like, I discovered pickles are super low calorie, and I'm just getting hungry on this diet. So I ate a ton of pickles. Like, I mean, jars. Like, she was just ramming through pickles all week. And so just so much sodium, (laughs) just sort of weight shot up because of all the water retention, which will regulate after a while. But I know a lot of people that eat pickles because of that. But they're just, and you know what? I love pickled asparagus, pickled Mm. green beans. Oh, my God. Hey, pickles. Dude, that's it, so weird. It's, it's because you don't like cucumbers. I know they taste different, but if you like pickled asparagus and you like pickled green beans, then you like pickled flavor. Yeah. yeah. You just don't like cucumbers. Yeah. Which a cucumber is a pickled cucumber. Yeah. Wait, no. I'll pickles even have, are pickled uh, cucumbers. Kimchi. Have you ever had kimchi? No. It's kind of like, it's fermented, but it's 
similar. Sounds foul. Kimchi is cabbage. Oh but yeah, it's fermented cabbage. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like pickling, but it's uh, it's a uh, ancient Asian way of doing it, and yeah. it's like uh, spicier. Mm. So if you eat pure kimchi, it's it's. I mean, it's it'll uh, it'll clear your nostrils. Oh, like wow. it's like yeah, but it's really really good like for you. Horseradisher or uh, horseradish? I mean, yeah. Yeah. hate horseradish yeah those are the two man damn and horseradish and wasabi but they're basically the same fucking thing yeah it tastes like if you put a bunch of sharpie like the ink from sharpies and put it in a blender and mash it up and you dip something in it oh yeah like a condiment version of permanent marker okay that's what horseradish that's tastes horrible like. yeah so pickles are disgusting but they're a great diet food for anybody who <laughs> has cravings for salt and needs mm-hmm. low calorie foods all right but yeah, this is overrated, a underrated. Yeah, that's, that's good. They're Got a, good. Lot of, a lot of gut, a lot of engagement. Um, tons, the really high download. So we'll do that again. I'll post. Instagram works the best way. We'll just do it on Instagram again, where we just go over it, underrated. Cool. I think I want to do like the, the thing Brad made me think of too is he did it at the end of the podcast, and he was like, "I think I want to start doing this with guests," which I thought that was a cool idea because then you just throw some overrated, underrated shit at the end of a podcast to the different guests, you mm-hmm. know, see what they say and come up with. Depending on who you have. I mean, I feel like you got to be kind of comfortable with them. Yeah. Depending on what you throw out, I guess. For sure. And you got to know who they are. But yeah, we'll see. Questions. Let's get into it. All right. First question is going to come from D. D E E. She's, uh, say, hi, I reached my ideal weight thanks to COVID. And my question is now what? In an an ideal situation, is it possible to keep the same weight forever? Hmm. I don't necessarily want to become bigger or or constantly think about a number on the scale, but I don't want to lose my strength either. How's the gym routine? How's the gym routine should look like? And nutrition, I assume, should be on a maintenance level or a tiny de- deficit. I didn't edit the grammar or vocabulary on yeah, these I'm not yet. sure what that means. How's the gym routine should look like? How should the gym routine look like? There you go. You put the should in the wrong place. I usually go through and edit these. I just didn't have the time today. All right. Um, it's kind of funny how she worded that too. Uh, I reached my goal weight thanks to COVID. <laughs> like, okay. Um, I, a lot of people did. You know, I, th- I, feel like, I feel like I've heard. You took advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. I feel like I've heard the opposite sides though. Totally. Like COVID happened and I sat around fucking up my diet or COVID happened and it was like, oh, now I can control everything. I'm just going to diet because I can't go out to bars or restaurants shit, which hopefully is the majority of people. But, um, okay. So I was actually, uh, it's funny. I was, I literally, I said this on a call with a new client coming in today, uh, on the phone. And then I immediately went and like created like a, a post for it. I wrote out like what the post is going to be. Cause it was like, it kind of clicked in my mm-hmm. head, but I said, you know, like I've never had anybody come to, to me or our company to diet and say they want to diet forever, but I've never had anybody argue with me when I say they want to be healthy forever. They want to sustain the result forever. So I think, you know, one thing you have to consider is what got you to your goal in the first place, because whatever you did during COVID, it worked. But if it's something that you can't sustain over time, that's an issue, right? Because what got you there is what's going to keep you there. However, it's just a degree, right? So look at tracking macros. For some people, tracking macros is a burden, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of tedious. It's stressful. You got to do shit. It's, it's work. It's, it's not the most fun process and that stresses them out. They feel like they're dieting and that's a problem. However, if you ask somebody who's at maintenance and still tracking macros, it's never a big deal. Like unless they have a goal. So if somebody's at maintenance and they really want to lose fat and they're like, I really want to lose weight, but my coach is telling me I'm not ready. It's one of those maintenances where I'm like forcing you to stay there because you're not healthy enough to diet. That's a different story because they're already kind of frustrated with why they have to stay put. They understand because it's for health reasons. But let's say somebody like like where I just was. I had no intentions of dieting before this cut. Like I had no intentions of dieting. I wasn't trying to gain because I knew I was going to diet in the future. But I was just chilling at maintenance. Tracking my macros and weighing my food was not an issue at all. The reason for that is because when you go into a diet, you are hungry. You do have cravings. Your energy is lower, meaning your brain doesn't have as much fuel as well. And you're just more irritable. So adherence to the diet's harder. Stress is a little bit higher. That's just part of dieting, which means tracking macros is going to be tedious because you're stressed out. Every little fucking thing is tedious when you're stressed out. Mm -hmm. So that's something to consider because if you're in the end of your diet right now and you're like, I don't want to do this forever, get to maintenance and then reassess that question because you might get to maintenance that increases your ability to eat more food, train harder, uh, manage stress better. And you might find that it's not that big of a deal. It's not something that is a burden to you. And it actually gives you a sense of control over your, your outcomes, which I think is important. 
Otherwise, I think using it as a tool to guide you into habitual eating, which I think is a better way of saying it than intuitive eating, because intuitively we all want to eat junk. Like none of us intuitively want to choose the healthier option. Like intuitively we want to eat ice cream, yeah. drink beer, burgers. Habitually we know what's healthy and we might choose the right thing if we've built habits from doing something like tracking macros over time. So, so I think like the answer is like, cause she's asking essentially, how do I sustain this? Right. How do I continue to chase this? And before I get into the training side of that with diet, I think it's using macros to get you to a place and, and you have to track and learn about body awareness throughout that journey. Mm. Because if you're going through a diet and you're not looking at where your macros are at, where your weight is at, what you see in the mirror, so you can associate what I see with where my macros are at. Am I following a high protein, high carb approach? Okay, well, now I, I habitually know I should probably follow more of a high carb, high uh, protein approach. Or maybe it's a high fat, low carb. And that works better with you and you feel leaner and less bloated. Cool. Look in the mirror. See that. Know that. See the scale. If it goes up and down, up and down, up and down, but you still love what you see in the mirror. Okay, I don't need to associate the scale with what I see. So now we're starting to like put things together. Now I track sleep mood, cravings, hunger, all those things, I can associate that with the amount of fuel I'm putting in my body gives me this result, Totally right? If I'm dieting and I'm not putting as much fuel, I see that sleep suffers a little bit. I see that energy suffers a little bit. My mood is a little bit more irritable, but in the mirror, I look better. Okay. So we got to give and take. This is where we go. Okay. Maybe I give myself more fuel on some days to get sleep and the stress better, but I keep some low days so I can look in the mirror, carb cycling, diet break, stuff like that. But the whole thing is you're just becoming more aware. You know what it feels like when you're in a diet, which means you know what it feels like when you don't eat enough. I told the lady on the phone today, I used to say this, Theo and I used to say this when we train people at the gym all the time. And I probably wouldn't use this verbiage with clients now, but we used to say, uh, just embrace the suck. Like, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of a hard ass way of saying it. But if you think about it with a diet, it's kind of like that, right? Like, okay, what sucks about a diet? Well, one of the things is like, there might be a point of the day where I'm like, oh, I just don't have energy, right? Like I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of hungry right now, but I got a couple hours before I'm going to eat. That sucks, but I could stop and go, well, why is that? Well, it's because I'm in a deficit. Okay. Not only do I now know what it feels like to be in a deficit so that I can recognize that in the future, because if I'm being habitual and I'm not tracking and I'm not eating enough, I know what that feeling feels like. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to track to understand I'm not eating enough food, which is the end goal. You track macros, you learn, you become aware so that in the future, you know, when you're eating too little, too much, just right, you know how it feels. But I think that also you can sit there and go, well, I'm hungry and I'm tired because I'm not taking enough energy and my hunger is ramping up because my metabolism is still working. And if those things are the case, then I'm probably literally losing fat right now. Like yeah. I'm burning fat. I'm in the process, which is my goal. Mm -hmm. So actually, fuck yeah, I'm going to embrace this shitty moment and I'm going to be like, I'm, this, I'm doing the right thing. And I think that's important too, because if you can recognize that you can have a little bit more fuel in your self-discipline tank, so to speak, to not eat something instead. Yeah. Dude, cause when you get like during a diet, like I'll get hungry and there'll be a moment where like I'll, uh, <laughs> I did it last night. It was, uh, we, we just had meat, like just pure protein. Right. And we cooked a third for a third chicken breast for Blakely. Right. There's no way she's going to eat it all, mm -hmm. but we give her like a quarter of it. And so the, the third one's just sitting up there and I'm like, I can't let that go to waste. So I'm going to eat it. And Shannon's like, Oh, did you, did you have a, a second chicken breast on your thing and i'm like in my mind i'm like well it's just protein on your thing like my diet oh okay. my macros like yeah. basically does that fit your macros yeah, Cody? Yeah, yeah and i'm like i mean no but ugh, i don't want it to go to waste and she kind of gave me that look like what do you always say because i always say to clients like i think i've said on this podcast yeah. throw it away you're either yeah. gonna eat it or throw it away you're not gonna go give it to a food bank like just fucking toss it and i was just like fuck all right you're right and i didn't eat it but it's like damn when you're hungry for diet you'll like that chicken breast yeah. just was like damn, I want that. Totally. Just plain chicken breast with yeah. zero calorie fucking condiment. <laughs> but, uh, so cravings are there, but, uh, but point being is like, and for people listening, if you're craving that hard, and you're worried about falling off diet, do that before you go grab the Oreos for sure. But, um, I just don't have any Oreos at my house. Uh, so I think my point with it is, is like when, when you feel that, like, you know, you're, you know, you're doing the right things. It helps you kind of break through that self-discipline. And I even analyzed that myself in that moment. Like, why do I even want another chicken breast? It's like, I'm, I'm dieting. Yeah. Diet brain. And yeah. I was able to be like, I care about abs more than I do fueling my hunger. Like I'm gonna have dessert in a couple hours. I'll be fine. You know? Um, 
and I moved on. So that awareness is the big key. Just learning the awareness, reverse dieting properly. Once you get to the point where you, you're at true maintenance, then you can slowly take away calories and macros and hopefully be more habitual and intuitive. Um, as far as training goes, like her question was just how does training look from a sustainability perspective? Uh, I don't know. I took so long on the first part of that question. Now I'm like blanking. And nutrition is the training part at the end. What should training look like? How's the gym routine gym. supposed to look like? Oh yeah. Okay. How does the gym's routine supposed to look like post COVID or I'm assuming, I mean, cause COVID, I mean, she's asking, I think about currently it's to, not to maintain. Yeah. Result. Okay. I took so fucking long ranting on that answer. Sorry guys. <laughs> I just forgot what the question was. Um, so what your gym routine should look like is honestly exactly what it did look like just with higher intensity. So she's saying like, in an ideal situation, is it possible to keep your weights the same forever? So what to do that, what should the training Got routine it. be? Yeah, so nutrition will look like exactly what I just said in order to do that. And training will look exactly how – I think that's the hard part is like it, you can never keep your weight perfectly stable the whole time. Because my first answer is like do what you did before with less or more intensity. So – I say more intensity because you have more food. Yeah. If you're not dieting anymore, you've reverse dieted up. As you reverse your calories up, you should be able to increase volume and intensity into the gym because you have more energy coming in. You could do more in the gym. However, if you're so worried about your weight being stable, my fear is like, what if you gain a pound of muscle? Even if it takes six months to get there, are you going to be mad that you gained a pound of muscle because you're doing more in the gym and progressing? I don't think you should be. But if, if, you know what I mean, if you're really worried about the number, which I think is a, is a completely different issue, you shouldn't be worried about the number so much. Um, and I think everybody would look better with a, an extra pound of muscle on them, you know? I mean, so I think ideally I would say minimize cardio to where you're doing the minimal effective dose. So you should be doing some kind of aerobic training, whether it's a long walk once a week, twice a week, it's a jog. If you like running, rowing, sled, whatever, should be doing some kind of aerobic work. It's going to help your longevity. It's going to help you stay lean. It's just, it's just good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the gym, if you're really not trying to gain any muscle mass or a weight, I would probably say four times is maximum. Three times is, is minimum to me. I don't think you should do less than three, especially if you want your calories to be high. So you could go like, I don't want to add any muscle mass or anything. I don't care about strength. I just want to chase health. Do one or two training sessions a week with one or two cardio sessions and you'll be totally fine. You'll, you'll be healthy, right? Mm-hmm but you won't be able to eat as much food, right? Because you're not training as much, which means you're not moving as much. You're not, your body's not trying to replenish, recover and regenerate as much. Your metabolism isn't going as much. So for most people who want to build their maintenance up and maintain a weight, I'm always going to recommend a little bit more training so you can have more food. Totally. But I mean, really, it looks like at that point, I think I'm overcomplicating it too. So the last thing I'll say is this, you should do whatever the fuck you want, whatever makes you happy. You know what I mean? If, If you're chasing health and you want to maintain your weight and you did weight training to get you to the body you want, but you really like Zumba better, do Zumba. If you like CrossFit, do some CrossFit. Just eat enough food and don't do too much so you, you know, don't overtrain. If you like bodybuilding, do bodybuilding. You know, you probably don't if you want to, like, not build any muscle. And she didn't say that, so who knows if that's the case. But essentially, I think it's more about fun, enjoyment, and adherence at that point than anything else. Totally. I'm going to tweak my training based on, first, the result I'm after, and second, what I enjoy. Right. The result or the goal. Yeah, because that matters to me more than my enjoyment in the gym because it just does. Yeah, I enjoy the fruits of my labor more. So I'll, I, I will do shit that sucks in the gym if it gets me what I want. Um, and I will say I think I'm the 1% of people anyway because this is what I do for a living. So if I walk in the gym and something shitty is on the paper of what I got to do, part of me is just like I'm accountable to do this because people are watching me and – hiring my company and following my lead. So if I don't do it, who the fuck am I to say yeah. train, you know, or yeah. do hard shit. So I think it depends. But I think in most cases for like that, you should you should do what you like. It's a serious dotted line that you signed. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> I mean it, it, it helps too. People for ask sure. people ask about accountability and yes, I hire coaches, but even when I don't have a coach, I'm a little more accountable because I I put my shit out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people are watching, which is a gift and a curse. Totally. You can't you you get less slack, but at the same time it pushes you so Definitely. I'm about it. Cool. Great answer. All right. Next one comes from Jacqueline Flint. What can I do to maintain my muscle or uh, 
or no, what can I do to maintain my fitness muscle during a five week backpacking trip with minimal access to good food and no gym? I've been lifting for about five years now and I'm 21 years year old female. Interesting. Yeah. Um, knowing that you're healthy and 21 years old, you could do damn near nothing and you'd be fine. Um, the second thing, five weeks is not enough time to lose actual muscle tissue. So I think studies show like at least two months, if not three, you'll, you'll literally start going through muscle degradation, which is literally tissue is not actually falling apart, but it's disintegrating. It's your Mm -hmm. muscle tissue actually dying off Mm because your body's like, okay, you're not using this. I don't need it. So I'm going to get rid of it because it's taxing muscle tissue requires more energy to preserve on your body than fat does, than bone does, than most things. Actually, I don't know about bone, but more than most things. Because it's an it's an energy taxing thing, it's gonna get rid of it when it's when it doesn't need it because it's requiring energy to preserve. But that doesn't happen until like two, three months in. And usually that's like if you're bedridden, you know. So if we look at other research, um, it used to be the rule of thumb that like you actually just need to do like half of what you're doing in order to maintain. But I heard some stuff come out that they actually did some research on this and it was around 25%. Um, I can't say who the research was by or where I heard it from. So don't quote me on that, but let's just say it's 25 to 50% of total volume needed in order to maintain muscle. Well, that means if you're doing, let's say an average person is doing uh, 15 sets per week per muscle group on the high end, because the, the highest end on that spectrum is 20, and that's for, like, the advanced lifter. Average would be, like, or the lower end would be 10. So up to 10 is anyone who's a beginner because anything is going to be improvement. 15 is, like, that middle ground. Yeah. If you're doing 15 sets per week for your quads, that means you need to do, what is that? That's going to be five sets per week, and that's more than enough to maintain. So if you're doing five sets, you could literally wake up, and do 100 air squats on one day per week, and you'd probably be fine because you're backpacking. So you're going to be using your quads quite a bit. Your glutes, you're not going to be using as much unless you're taking like a really high step while you're hiking, which you're probably not. Do some glute bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, chest, back, stuff like that. Maybe bring a band. You could do some band pull parts. But you'd be surprised. Even holding the backpack, you're going to be in – your scapula is going to be working up and down. You're going to be working your upper back a bit. So I think you'd be actually be surprised. You probably could literally do nothing at all, and you'd maintain all your muscle mass because you're backpacking, so you're actually pretty active. And it's only five weeks, so you're not going to lose any muscle tissue anyway. The worst-case scenario is you're going to lose muscle glycogen. So when you get back to the gym, you're not going to be able to lift as heavy, and you might not look as full. So if I took five weeks off, I would go to the gym. I'd be like, man, I look tiny because I lost muscle and I didn't really lose muscle. I lost muscle glycogen, which means the carbohydrates and water mm-hmm. storing in the muscle are depleted. So what do I do? I lift, have a couple high-carb meals, lift again, and boom, I'm as big as I ever was right away. And it's not because I rebuilt Within muscle. days? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like wow. a sponge. Wow. And it's not because I built new tissue. It's because I replenished the muscles. I activated the muscles, and then I started eating carbs again and drinking water. Totally. Um. So I think if you're on a backpacking trip and every once in a while you do some push-ups, maybe you jump on a tree, do some pull-ups, you do some air squats or glute bridges, you'd be doing more than enough to maintain muscle and keep your muscle glycogen full. And if you're eating carbs and staying hydrated, which I hope to God you are if you're backpacking the whole time, um, you'll be totally fine. Totally. I wouldn't worry about it. That's great. All right. Next one comes from B Opposite 23 it says, how is your training currently set up? I am on, uh, I would call it a modified bro split. Hmm. So a classic bro split would be chest day, back day, probably leg day, arm day, and then shoulder day. Five days a week, you're splitting it up by body parts. Not very efficient because you're only hitting each muscle group once a week. Some muscles get like a secondary stimulus. Like, so if I'm doing... For example, chest day, I'm going to do a little bit of shoulders because I'm, I'm pressing. It's not primary shoulders, it's primary chest, but you're going to get some shoulders and triceps. So you're still hitting some muscles twice a week, but barely. Um, but that's just not a very advantageous way of going about it. Um, but right now, um, I'm, I hired a bodybuilder, and it's, like I would say, a more scientific approach to a bro split because... I mean, he's a researcher. He's getting his PhD. He's pretty damn smart. But, um, and I'm working with Jackson Pios on this too. He's doing my diet and training. And it's uh, day one is chest and back. Um, day two is uh, Tuesday. Tuesday's legs. Yeah. That's what I just did yesterday. <laughs> I could have told you that. Fuck. Um, 
today's cardio, so rest day. Uh, tomorrow is shoulders, back touch-up, and hamstrings. So kind of just like a little bit of multiple things. And then Friday is straight arms. And then uh, Saturday is shoulders, chest, and hamstrings again. So a couple things here. Number one, I hurt my back not long ago, so I purposely didn't want to have multiple heavy leg days. So I have one heavy leg day, and then I have a couple days where I literally just touch-ups. So like one day I literally just throw in some leg extensions for five sets at the end of the upper day, and then another day it's hamstrings. But it's just like let's get the volume in there, but let's keep your back healthy. Um, and then the rest of the days are just, like I said, they're, they're not bro because I'm hitting everything twice a week, but they're kind of bro cause it's muscle focus. Whereas a lot of times I like programming from a movement perspective, upper push, pull hinge, stuff like that. Um, but I will say I like it, man. I, I, the thing I like about too is like, and this is something I do a lot of, uh, so I was, I was happy to see this and this, there's no science to prove this, but it just, it, it just works like on my chest and back day. It's like pull downs and rows and flies, like reverse. It's just like lighting up my back. And then I have two chest exercises at the end, go heavy on bench and do some burnout shit. And I like that because it's more volume on my back, but also your shoulders feel so much better pressing after you've done sets and sets and sets of, of rows and stuff. You just feel your, your lats are pumped. Everything's <laughs> in, but in the opposite, right? So my yeah. chest is fresh because I just been hammering my back, but your shoulders will feel way better going into that heavy press. Um, but, but yeah, that's the split. Um, I've been enjoying it because it's, it's like, I think this is where, and we talked about this in, uh, the video we just filmed, it was training variation. We said RPE earlier when we were talking off air, it's training variation. Um, I don't know if it's out on YouTube yet by the time this airs, but if it is go to the YouTube channel, you'll see it. We did just drop a Q and a one as well. So we're going to be putting more there. So make sure you go to the YouTube channel, um, which is linked in the show notes, but I, uh, I think it's one of those things where like we talked about in the video, like the scale of experience level where if you're a beginner, you should have less variation and the more advanced you get, you can actually have more variety week to week because you like yesterday, that was the first time I've ever done loaded banded sissy squats, but I have enough body awareness to push myself to the brink of failure because I know what my capabilities are and I know how to fire a muscle. I know what loading uh, parameters to stay within. So because I'm more advanced, I can change things frequently and be okay. Um, and I'm enjoying that with this one because we change up slight variations every week, which keeps it engaging and it's exciting, which also I think it's important to know, like I'm not trying to build muscle right now. I'm trying to maintain muscle, which means if I was really, really focused on building muscle, I probably would have more or I'd have less variation so I could progressively overload it over time. Yeah. But because I'm like, I don't expect to hit PRs right now and I don't expect to build any new muscle. I just want to maintain. It's, it's nice to just have fun and go in. And it's a lot of bro shit from a standpoint of intensity techniques, right? Like I think, and and I do this in the Taylor trainer a bit where it's like, this is not, and I've even like, it's not backed up by science at all, but it's really fucking fun and you should do it because there's something to say about like, if you do things that are exciting, you will be more motivated and challenge yourself. Like the death set I did yesterday, right? Realistically, instead of me going on my last set and doing uh, banded loaded sissy squats, dropping the bar and band, then going regular sissy squats and then stepping out of the sissy squat machine and doing air squats for max reps. I could have definitely taken like a three minute rest between sets and just done three more sets of sissy squats and probably gotten more out of it because it's higher volumes and stuff, but there's fun. It's not fun. There's something about having to crawl out of the sissy squat machine because my quads hurt so fucking bad. That is, it's exciting. It's grueling. It's it's just, so there's weird people like me (laughs) the 1% where I'm just like, yes, like, and this guy's funny too. Like Jackson will put in my program. Uh, one of them was like, I, I, on your last set of back squats, uh, do your eight reps, peel a plate, do eight to 10 more reps with a lighter load, but you do it right away. So it's like your quads are hurting. And then he, and it literally says, crawl over to the leg extension machine and do them until your quads feel like they're going to slide off the bone. Literally. Wow. And I'm just like, this guy is hilarious. Wow. Like, you definitely know who you're working with because he knows damn well. I'm like smiling on the other end. Yeah. Like this is going to suck, but this is going to be fun. And I'm like screaming while I'm doing these leg extensions with like no weight on this shitty leg <laughs> extension machine that everybody asked me about. <laughs> um, damn, that's a horrible feeling. I love it. Quads sliding off the bone. Sliding off the bone. <laughs> if you're not in pain, you're not there yet. That yeah. was what it finished with. I was like, damn, okay, <laughs> let's get after it. 
But but it, it also does something too that I think I think everybody should do some of that stuff every once in a while who's training because you know I've done that in phases and I and I don't think you should do that all the time. So it's not one of those things where every set says something like that and yeah. I go crazy. But there's probably one set every single exercise or I'm sorry, one set every workout, like yeah. one exercise, one set of those exercises that I do that with. Mm. And I think what's nice about that is it brings me to the brink of failure, if not all the way there, to where it reminds me how hard I can fucking train. And I go, damn, like I would have just done three normal sets and been good, but I just did three plus a death set and and like I survived. I'm fine. Yeah. And now I'm going to go do walking lunges and I'm going to go fine. home and I'm fine. Okay. Um. Except there was one day I almost fell down the stairs when I got home because Blakely wanted she, – dude, she's in this stage where she says her legs don't work. So she's like, up. And I'm like, hey, you can walk. Come on. And she's like, my legs don't work. And then you're like, okay. And you start walking away and she'll just stay there like they're stuck on the floor. All right. So I picked her up and I'm trying to walk downstairs to her toy room. And Blakely, I'm like – my legs don't work. Yeah, I'm like quivering. And I'm like, oh, God, this is not going to be good. <laughs> right after a leg day, death set. Yeah. Um, it was after the one we filmed yeah. last week uh, that we posted on that Instagram. Was- but uh, but I think there's value in that because it teaches you how far you can go, you know. Um, so my, my training right now is, I would say, a scientific bro split where I'm doing a lot of those intensity techniques, which also is good because I'm dieting. So it's, it's reminding me that I still got some juice left, you know, which we'll see how long that lasts because, yeah. I mean, we're only three weeks into the diet. We just made our first adjustment, um, dropped some carbs, but we'll see. Cool. Yeah. So I'm feeling good. I like it. Hey. Do you want quick, easy, and fast fat loss? So fast that it'll happen in 30 days and maybe all you have to do is take a pill? Well, you're shit out of luck because it's not gonna happen. It takes hard work and patience, which is one of the reasons why I love Legion Supplements. They are open and honest about their marketing and on the front page, they tell you that supplements don't overrule training and nutrition, but they do supplement a good diet and a good training program. So if your training's dialed in, your nutrition is on point, and you wanna get that upper edge and take things to the next level to get the best results possible, for your body and performance, check out Legion and save 20% today by heading to buylegion.com slash boom boom. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. Um, next one comes from uh, the Avish L dude. Lavish? No. The Lavish? The Avis Helig. Dude, this is probably not how you say it. The Avish Helig. Ba- uh, base list of supplements you recommend using. Sometimes when we when we try, <laughs> I've done this before where I'm like breaking it into multiple words. That's what I, and then it's actually like less words than I'm breaking up. Thea Vish Elig. <laughs> you try this. The Avish leg. The you missed the V. Or it's Thea. That's what I just said. Vish leg. Thea Vish leg. Yeah, that could be it. There we go. Yeah, that's probably it. The official leg. Okay. What was the question? <laughs> a base list of supplements that you recommend using. Here we go. All right. Where did we start? Which uh, podcast should we recommend going back and listening to? Yeah, no shit. Um, actually, uh, definitely should link this in the show notes. The ultimate supplement. No, the ultimate evidence-based supplement guide is a blog I wrote. And uh, that fucker took me a long time to write. It's 26,000 words, guys. Oh, wait, no. I'm sorry. That's a different blog. It's 13,000 words, I think. It's a, it's a blog? Yeah, it's a lot of fucking words. It's an extremely long blog. Uh, it's somewhere between, you know, thirteen to 26,000 words, which is a long. But I basically did it with a drop-down menu style. So it's literally just a huge list of, of supplements. And when you click it, it, like, drops down, and you can read about it and learn about it, get a link to the best uh, product on the market for it, so on and so forth, which I should probably go back and add some Legion links in there. <laughs> but... Um, I did put Legion products in there too, and this is well before I was sponsored with them. But um, a base list, so I, I, I kind of go into two worlds with this. Base list to me is like foundation of like, I think everybody should be using these. Fish oil and creatine. That's it. Yeah. That's literally it. Like fish oil, creatine, and maybe vitamin D, depending on where you live, which I would say 98% of Americans should probably have that because even if they even show that vitamin D levels on a population basis are low in states like California and Arizona stuff because we have shaded things, we wear hats, we wear sunglasses, we stay indoors in the AC as much as we can. Like people just don't go out enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID hit, it could probably got worse. So a vitamin D supplement would probably be smart. But those are the two main ones, man. Like if you're training, you should be having creatine. If you're a human being, you should probably have fish oil or 
eating fatty fish once a week, once or twice. I want to say something. Like, uh, I even think that too much natural sun, like, that's the reason why people stay inside or, ha- or wear hats or wear sunglasses. Is like, too much natural sun can be bad for you. Like, yeah. your skin or your eyes or your pupil. Skin cancer. You know, exactly. So, I think that there's nothing but benefit to have uh, vitamin D. Yeah. Like, don't get too, too, you want sun, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But too much sun might be bad. Well, too, yeah, the the reason it's it's worse to supplement is because your the way your skin absorbs vitamin D from the sun is more beneficial than totally. taking it through a supplement. Okay, it's you're more likely to get more out of it when it's absorbed through the skin. But you're right; like you can absolutely stay in the sun for too, for too long. I think the majority of people, it's not the case. It's usually they're not out there enough. Totally, but no, totally. When I think of that, I think of like the old dude who retires in Florida. That's just like burnt to a crisp 24-7. Out in his patio. Yeah, with a big belly and like a button-up Tommy Bahama shirt. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's me when I'm 65, 70. I highly disagree. But yeah, probably not. I'm not going to Florida. So, um, all right. That's my base list. But if I was like, oh, you like, let's talk optimal, then I would probably start adding things in. I think if you're training, creatine post-workout, um, pre-workout, I would be having something. I mean, Obviously, I'm I'm a fan of Pulse, which is Legion's pre-workout. But I used to make my own concoctions, like by buying in bulk and then just like putting them into. It was cheaper for me. I would take a shaker bottle, I'd put a little this, a little that, a little this, and then I'd throw some Crystal Light in there. Tastes great, perfect pre-workout. But if you look at the back of Pulse, it's literally like basically everything that that was, except one thing, which is betaine, because there wasn't any research on betaine back then when I did that. But I would probably be taking. Um, if you're doing reps over 10 in any of your workouts, I'd probably be having some beta alanine in your pre-workout, um, citrulline malate, uh, because that's going to help arginine levels more than actually supplementing with arginine will because of the way it's converted in the body. That's going to help with getting a good pump, uh, and blood flow in the gym when you're training, uh, obviously caffeine in there. And then betaine would be the last one. Betaine, you're not going to feel, it's not going to do anything from that perspective, but there are some, some research studies that show, I can't remember how much betaine, but it's it's betaine split into two doses. I want to say it's either three or five grams per day split into two doses. So you'd take like, for example, I take one a little bit with my greens drink in the morning and then I take one with my pre-workout. If you could time it pre and post-workout, that'd be best. But I just, I won't remember if I do it that way. And uh, that's been shown to be favorable for both fat loss and muscle growth. So like for recomposition, that's a great supplement. You're not going to see it overnight, but it does add up. And you can buy betaine by itself for dirt cheap what I did on Amazon bulk supplements. It's like a bag that lasts me like f- three months for 20 bucks, maybe. So it's really cheap. Creatine's yeah. cheap too. Um, but I would probably be putting those in my pre-workout. Um, if you're training or dieting at all, a multivitamin is key. Um, the reason being is when they do studies on athletes for vitamins and mineral deficiencies, we see a lot of water and fat soluble vitamin deficiencies because Athletes are typically leaner, so they have less fat on their body, which means they have less place to store fat-soluble nutrients like vitamin D, which is a fat-soluble vitamin. Um, Or they're following a low-fat diet approach because they're favoring carbs and protein, which most of us are because we're training hard and it's important to do so. Um, But this is just, again, this is why we need to supplement with fat, some multivitamin that has fat-soluble. And then uh, the other side is the water-soluble because we're drinking so much water and we're sweating and we're pissing a bunch. We're flushing out water-soluble vitamins. Yeah. So we need to replenish that. You, you say it's key, but if, why? I'm just curious. What, why would you say it's key, but then not put it on your base list? Um, because if you're not an athlete... You said training or dieting, but I guess... Yeah. I think it's just one of those things to me where, like, like for example, if, if, you're, if you're training and dieting, but you have 50 pounds to lose... I'm not going to like worry too much about it yet okay? because I don't, I think the likelihood of you becoming deficient in a fat soluble vitamin is pretty low. Okay. You know, um, will it hurt? Absolutely not. Like if, if you're like, yeah, I'll spend the extra 40 bucks on a, or 30 or however much Legion's multivitamin is do it hundred percent. But I would say it becomes more important when you get leaner or further along in the diet. So you're taking in less calories or you're training harder because you're getting leaner or water-soluble vitamins are being flushed out through your urine or sweat. Um, and usually people are dieting and training. They're drinking a lot of water totally. too, you know? So, um, and, and that's important too. Like Legion, like I would say their multivitamin, I've said this a million times, that was the one supplement that I started with with them and I was recommending to all my clients before anybody else because any other, over any other company before I even worked with them because it's 
the only multivitamin that's not underdosed and all those things, which you have to take eight capsules a day, four in the morning, four at night, which is crazy because you go to the store and you can get a one a day. It's literally called one a day. Have you seen those? No. One a day men's, one a day women's. Oh, yeah. It's actually yeah, like yeah, a brand yeah. of multivitamin. Yes, yes, yes. There is nothing in there. It's a waste of money. You're, you're taking things, but it's not enough to do anything positive for you, really. So unless you want to buy a one a day vitamin supplement and finish it in a week because you got to take eight of them, like go with Legion, just man up, take more four in the morning, four at night. And you know, it is what it is. Um, it, it's, it, it's definitely worth it, but multivitamin would be on there as well. Um, so vitamin D creatine, uh, pre-workout, uh, all those within the pre-workout that I said, if you want to do it separately or something like pulse multivitamin for sure. If you're, if you're leaner and or an athlete, or you just want to have all your bases covered. Um, that's like, I would say optimal part one. I'll say what I'm taking. Cause I take more than that because I'm like geeky and I'm, I'm like, I'm willing to invest some money and take it. I'll take every half a percent I can. So I take ashwagandha at night. Ashwagandha is a natural herb. I take 500 milligrams per day and ashwagandha has been shown to potentially help with hormone levels. Like there is some studies that say, oh, it might help increase testosterone, but not enough to be convincing. The The main reason I take it, and for most people that I recommend it to, it's because it it's shown to reduce cortisol levels. So if we want to manage stress better and we want cortisol levels to lower post-training and or before bed, which is like the window I take it in, I take oh. it with dinner right after my workout before I'm going ready to bed. Cortisol levels go down. Anxiety and stress are sh- shown to lower when you take ashwagandha. It's going to help sleep. And it's a natural herb. So I take ashwagandha every day because of that. Um, and then I take magnesium. Magnesium is the other one. Magnesium is a very commonly common uh, vitamin uh, that, uh, or vitamin and mineral, it's a mineral that people are deficient in as well. Um, just because they don't get enough similar, food. <clears throat> similar to zinc. Yeah, exactly. Um, the reason I don't take zinc, because <clears throat> I used to, but zinc's pretty solid in the Legion multivitamin. Yeah. They have magnesium there, but I want a little bit extra because I'm training hard. And and honestly, I actually just recently started supplementing again because I was getting cramps. And, you know, part is not enough water, but maybe not enough magnesium. Because the harder you train, the more magnesium you're going to deplete. And when you have nerve stuff going on or, or muscle cramps, stuff like that, you want to supplement with magnesium. That's going to help with that. It helps the nerve and the muscles actually recover faster and be hydrated, not cramp. But you got to make sure you're taking the right one because uh, magnesium, there's like seven or nine, I can't remember, different types of magnesium. And there's certain magnesium, I want to say it's magnesium oxinate, which is basically just like a poop shoot, clean you out. So uh, people <laughs> will, there's going to be people in the podcast that so that will be like, fiber. yep, I did that because I've done it. I'm like, oh, I need magnesium to recover my muscles. You go to the store, magnesium, cool, take it, and you're on the toilet all night because oh <laughs> you take too much and then it's just like, yeah. Uh, my muscles hurt more because I'm fucking clenching <laughs> so hard. But uh, the, uh, so make sure you get the right kind of magnesium. I want to say it's glycinate uh, that you should get, but just do, do your research. Yeah, Google search magnesium for muscle cramps. Like you'll, you you'll find the right one. Um, and uh, last but not least, the last thing I, was, I take, uh, I do take essential amino acids during my workout, EAAs, which is kind of a controversial supplement because there's a lot of research that shows BCAs are just kind of not very important. BCAs can be helpful, um, even for some like mental, uh, endurance during training, but more so for endurance. So I got to be training for like, this is like a marathon runner or on a bike for an hour and a half. That's where it starts to help more. So for somebody in the gym for 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half at most, like it's just useless, but essential amino acids are the complete profile, like a whey protein. The argument there is that if you're eating enough protein, which I am, you don't need it somewhat true, but there is some research and this is where I'm like, I'll grab onto the half a percent if it makes me more jacked. There is some research that shows, uh, I want to say it's the technical term is called amino acidosis, but I might just be completely making that shit up. It's something like that. But basically all it means is, is when you put amino acids into the bloodstream in an excess amount, it kind of has like a super maximal effect, super compensation effect with amino acid, muscle protein synthesis. Um, and this is something that I, to be completely transparent, I didn't fully understand because I didn't know the right place to look. I've heard people talk about it. I've read some things about EAs being beneficial for extra muscle growth, but there wasn't any like the things I was reading were so some research studies. You have to be part of a membership. And I'm, if you're not, you just get the abstract, yeah. which is like 
going from 27 papers to a paragraph, like you don't get everything from it, you know? And so I would get abstracts and I would get some things here, but I didn't know what the mechanisms were. And Jackson was actually the one that was like, yeah, keep taking that because of this. And I was like, that's the technical term. That's the 27 page I needed. Exactly. Gotcha. And I will just hire somebody who has their PhD to give it to me. <laughs> but um, it's also one of those things where that's like not, that's like on the optimal 2.0 list because again, unless you're like, if I, I live in the gym basically yeah. and I want to maximize everything I can. So I am going to literally get every little tiny added benefit I can. I don't recommend that to a lot of people. Yeah. I want to make that clear because I want people to go buy a bunch of amino acids yeah. and think they're going to get jacked because it's not like that. And you, um, did you stop taking collagen? Oh no, I still take collagen. Um, more so just cause I like the taste in my coffee, but, um, there, I mean, there's benefits for joint health totally. and stuff like that. Oh shit. Actually, you know what? I do take, uh, now that you say that I take Legion's joint complex too. Um, which is, uh, curcumin, glucosamine, like a bunch of different things. I'm not going to sit here and say that like my joints feel so much better with it, but I've had joint issues in the past and yeah. I use it every day and I've been using it every day for a long time. My joints feel really good. Is it coincidence? Is it placebo? Who knows, but I'm going to keep optimal. taking it because I feel good yeah. and I'm going to keep taking it. Um, so I take that too. And then obviously whey protein and shit like that. But yeah. Yeah. Get one more. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. We got a last question here, guys. It comes from K clay four. Ooh, this is very interesting. Your ultimate or dream training foursome. Ooh, oh, man. It's kind of like the airplane question. Yeah, it is kind of like the airplane good question. question. Good one, K Clay. Um, damn, that's tough. You know, it's funny. I could think of who the four people I'd want to skateboard with <laughs> faster than I could think of this. Okay, I would. I would go with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. Like you can't leave Arnold Schwarzenegger out. So, do you get four additionals or it's it's including you? So you get three people. It's a foursome. Oh uh, yeah. Yes, I'm included in the foursome. Yeah. Damn, that makes it a little bit tougher. Yeah. Arnold's still in there. I yeah. Can't, yeah, I can't skip Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger for sure. Um, I'd probably throw Matt Frazier in there. Now, I definitely don't want to do whatever he's doing because... I want to lift with him? I just want to lift with him, yeah. Or talk with him while he lifts. I mean, there's just like... I, I, I would not be able to hang with that level of CrossFit. I would just get smashed you yeah. know um most people would and if i can be very specific i would say arnold from the 1980s like late 1980s because the 90s when he was like movie star 80s was when he was like bodybuilder the bodybuilder champ so i'd probably go with the 80s arnold i'd go with matt frazier now because i think he has a new perspective on things because he's done with crossfit um and maybe he'd loosen up and do some curls and stuff which would be fun um and then I would probably go with, uh, man, that's tough. I, I, there's a few people in my mind that I'm throwing around that are like, you know, great strength coaches. The problem with that is I'm not that far away from being able to do that. Because realistically, there's been people that I would have said five years ago that I've hung out with now. Yeah. You know, and I could buy tickets to a seminar and squeeze a workout in maybe. So, I'm going to go on a limb and say 50 cent. Sick. <laughs> because I mean, he's jacked. He's always been jacked. He's just an interesting dude. Yeah. He's fucking hilarious. That's awesome. Uh, do you follow his Instagram? Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's, I thought you were going to say the rock. Oh damn. I don't even know why I didn't think about the rock. Yeah. Oh fuck. That might change the game. 50 cent is just, I've been, so I listen to 50 a lot when I'm on my way to work because I can listen to Window Shopper and uh, Hustler's Ambition back to it's, back, and it's almost the exact distance yeah. to work. Change from Tory Lane's Shooters. Yeah, I got I got bored of that song. I'm getting <laughs> bored of the, after a year. <laughs> dude, it's like I get my hype music, you know. And then yeah, for I, sure. I listen to shit. We were listening to it yesterday when we were lifting. Oh yeah, um, that was good. Yeah, fifty, uh, and he's just. I mean, he was one of the first rappers that really was like, besides Jay Z, that was like business. You yeah. know, vitamin water, doing all that stuff. But man, now that you said the rock, I'd probably throw fifty out and put the rock in there. Dude, that'd be sick. Because he's the he's basically the ultimate human being on every level. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's a there's a man as successful as the rock. When you don't just look at success as financial, even okay. though he's one of the wealthiest men in the world too. I mean, yeah. 
his life, his movies, career, his WWE career. He was the biggest WWE star and then yeah. the biggest actor. And? And? Professional football. What? Yeah, played for Minnesota Vikings, I believe. Yep. No, he didn't. All right. The Rock? <laughs> yeah. Google it. Okay. He's a, he was a lineman, dude. Don't <laughs> no, I think shame on you for not knowing. Dude, he, no, he wasn't. There's no way. What's his name? The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He owns a tequila company now. He has uh, the most followers on Instagram out of anybody in the world. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> or maybe he's the, the most, uh, the male who has the most. I think, no. I think Kylie Jenner has the most. Dude, uh, Ronaldo has, I think, has more than him. Ooh, that's a close one, too. I would. I mean, not not for lifting with. I wouldn't want to lift with. Ronaldo. I mean, I would lift with him, but I would. Um, Jeez, man with the most followers. Yeah, Ronaldo, man. He's got like damn near a billion. Yeah, it is Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> damn. Professional football. Damn, that is crazy. Twenty two hundred fifty four million. I didn't even know there's that many people on fucking Instagram. Who has the second most? Ariana Grande. Um, Nicki Minaj. Damn, maybe I'm. Rock's way down there. Yeah, making all these claims out here. No shit. Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, and then Kylie Jenner. Rock's not even on the top five, but he definitely didn't play for the Minnesota Vikings. He played. Okay, he played in the Canadian National Canadian Football League. Are you sure? Right here, dude. Okay, for Calgary. Hey, that's impressive. Yeah, I'll take that. I I didn't. Only thing I didn't disagree with you on is that he is one of the all-around successful men. Ever. I, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously, like, Jeff Bezos has more money than him, but, yeah. I mean, but if you're defining success just by money, then yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I wasn't. I, I agreed with you there. Yeah. That's great. He's killing it. So, The Rock, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Matt Frazier. Sick. Yeah. I might even actually toss Matt Frazier and throw Joe Rogan in there. There you go. Yeah. That would that That's the ultimate group. Yeah, that's sick. That's a lot of knowledge. Yeah. And a lot of experience in life. Joe, The Rock, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. What a group. Let's go. Bringing the band back together. That's <laughs> sick. Cody McBroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. Well, if you haven't already, check out the ta- Taylor Trainer. And uh, anything yeah. else? That's it. Taylor check Trainer. out the Taylor Trainer. Check out everything we have in the show notes because that's all the cool stuff. Catch you guys next time. Oh.